Then in verse 42, he talks about the queen of the south rising up with this generation at the judgment and condemning it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, something greater than Solomon is here. So to Jesus, those characters were true. But it wasn't just those. He also, in the New Testament, refers to Abel, Abraham, Sodom and Gomorrah, Isaac, Jacob, the manna in the wilderness, Moses as the lawgiver, David, Elijah, Elisha, the widow of Zarephath, Naaman, Zechariah, and never once did Jesus question the historical accuracy of any of these characters or events. Never once did Jesus cast any doubt upon the historical accuracy of the Old Testament, therefore neither should we. We also see in Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 35, another famous Old Testament event that many folks will try to doubt, but Jesus did not. Matthew 24, verse 35 through 39, we see Noah in the flood. And Jesus had this to say. Thank you so much. Matthew 24, verse 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not. Sounds very similar to what he just said about the Old Testament, did he? Verse 36, But of that day and hour, no one, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. If that was fiction to Jesus, then why would he say the second coming would be just like fiction? He says in verse 38, For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. So according to Jesus, the second coming would be just like the flood in the days of Noah. And as it was truth, historically accurate, so too would his second coming be. There's abundance of shows on the television that talk about the Bible and the history of Scripture, and I encourage you to watch those, but proceed with caution, because not everything they say lines up with what Jesus believed about the Bible. Now understand this, no work of archaeology has ever disproven anything in the scriptures and it's amazing to me how scholars today can doubt the way that Christians filled with the Holy Spirit have interpreted scripture for 2,000 years as if suddenly they today know better than believers have for 2,000 years and even more amazing is that somehow they would know more about the Bible than Jesus does if Jesus believed in Jonah and the great fish, if Jesus believed in Noah and the flood, then why would we not interpret it likewise? Believe the Bible's historicity. Thirdly, believe the Bible's authority. The Bible's authority. Jesus believed in it. Jesus believed that God was the author of Scripture. Jesus believed that God has spoken to us through the recorded words of the Bible. We see first of all in Matthew chapter 19 verses 4 and 5 in a passage that Jesus was dealing with the question of divorce and remarriage. He makes this comment. Matthew 19 verse 4 
And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Significant because Jesus links marriage to God's work in creation. But also significant to see that in verse 4 he says, Have you not read that he who created them, Jesus believed in a literal Adam and Eve, so too should we. But he who created them, in verse 5, said... We read the book of Genesis and, and we just read the book of Genesis with whoever wrote it. But according to Jesus, it was God who said these things. Jesus believed that God was the author of Scripture. In other words, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. And then in Mark chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus affirms the same thing that we studied in the book of Second Peter here a while back about the dual authorship of scripture Mark chapter 12 verse 36 Jesus said David himself said in the Holy Spirit the Lord said to my Lord sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet he affirmed the human authorship to David and the heavenly author of the Holy Spirit much like Peter said that no prophecy of scripture is to be interpreted by one's own Opinion, but men who were moved by the Holy Spirit wrote these things. According to Jesus, David was the author and he was inspired with his writing by the Holy Spirit of God. It's been said before that there is a danger for us as followers of Christ to try to make Jesus into our own image, into our own ideas. In other words, some folks believe, well, I'm a liberal, therefore Jesus was a liberal. Or I'm a conservative, therefore Jesus was conservative. But there is one thing we cannot doubt. Jesus had a high view of Scripture. However we want to paint it, however we want to look at it, Jesus believed that Scripture was written by God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Bible is authoritative to Jesus. It should be authoritative to you and I as well. The totality of Scripture, the historicity and the authority. But fourthly, we should believe the Bible's practicality. It's practical. Remember, Paul said all Scripture was God-breathed and profitable, is useful. Jesus felt the same way because Jesus quoted Scripture in strategic moments of his life, at both the very beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry. We see that in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, the story of the temptation of Christ. When Satan came to him in the wilderness and began to tempt him to perform those miracles, in essence, to short-circuit his role, his ministry as the Messiah. And as he was tempted, Jesus did what? He quoted Scripture. Matthew 4, verse 4, he answered and said, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone, but in every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus believed in the importance of receiving and living on and following the Scriptures. Again, Satan came to him and tempted him. This time the devil did what? He, he himself quoted Scripture. The devil knows what the Bible has to say. But he takes it and he twists it and he uses it out of context and he tempts us to do the same thing if we are not careful 
But Jesus answered in verse 7, He said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Finally, Satan tempted him to bow down and worship him. And Jesus said, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him. The old angels came to minister to him. Jesus quoted scripture during his time of temptation and rest assured every Christian will battle Satan and demonic influences. And just like Jesus, you and I should pick up the Bible and use it in spiritual warfare. But what was interesting here is Jesus didn't say to Satan, you know what, there's a Bible verse that deals with that. Hang on a second. Let me go grab my Bible, let me go get my iPhone, and let me Google it and look that up, and then I'll quote it to you. No. Right off the top of his head. You see what Jesus did? He hid God's Word in his heart so that he might not sin against God. It's the same thing you and I should be doing. Meditating on the Bible, hiding it in our hearts. It's not just enough to have it within arm's reach. That's a good thing but to take pains to study it and to know it so that you can apply it in a moment's notice and the Holy Spirit can bring it to your remembrance at just the right time. During temptation, but also during the crucifixion. Mark chapter 15, verse 34. We see Jesus quoting Scripture from the cross. As he was there, and says, At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22, verse 1. We've studied that here recently as well. And what Jesus did was significant for us because every Christian will suffer pain. Every Christian will suffer persecution. And what we see Jesus doing in those moments is exactly what you and I should be doing. Knowing the Scripture embracing the Scripture, quoting the Scripture, applying the Scripture in our specific situations. It's important to have good role models in our lives. I remember a few years ago, Charles Barkley created quite a stink with his commercial, and he said, I am not a role model. I'm a professional athlete. Parents, grandparents, family, teachers, you all should be the role models. And in some ways, he's correct. We need to have good role models to follow. And what better role model than Jesus himself? Now there are some things in the ministry of Christ that we cannot and could never duplicate. You see, he is by nature God the Son. He came and lived a sinless life and died a substitutionary death on the cross for the sins of mankind so that through faith in him we might be saved. You and I could never do that. Christ alone has done that. But there are some things in the life and the ministry of Jesus that we can and we should duplicate. He should be our role model in the way that he handled the Bible, in the way that he believed the Scriptures, and in the way that he applied, and the way that he quoted the Scriptures, the way he used the Bible. He believed in the Bible's practicality in everyday life, in those moments that we encounter. So too should you and I. Finally, believe the Bible's necessity. The necessity. Jesus stressed that we need the Scriptures. We need the Scriptures. 
We see, first of all, we need the Bible for salvation. For salvation itself. John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. We see Jesus saying this as he was confronted by the Pharisees. John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. He said to them, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. Searching the Scriptures for eternal life, the only way we have that is when we search the Scriptures and understand those Scriptures testify about Jesus. He is the fulfillment of the law and the writings and the prophets. Verse 40 says, And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. You search the Scriptures, you're going in the right direction, but understand when you search the Scriptures, they testify about Christ, and therefore they testify about Christ. We should come to Him and find eternal life. If you open up your Bible and you read the Word, it points to Jesus. Therefore you should come to Him and have and find eternal life. See the same thing in the parable He gave about the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16 at the end of that. The rich man said, uh, uh, send me back to talk to my brothers so that they won't end up here in hell. And he was told, they have Moses and the prophets. And he said, well, you know, they'll believe if someone comes back to them from the dead. And he was told, if, if they will not believe Moses and the prophets, then neither will they believe if someone rises from the dead. In essence, what Jesus was saying is Moses and the prophets are sufficient the Word of God is enough so that no one would end up in hell. But through the Scriptures, they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Himself. It's like Paul said in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of Christ. The Bible's necessity for salvation, but also by, for sanctification. John seventeen seventeen, Jesus said to the Father, Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. We are sanctified. We are, we are made holy. We are set apart by God. We are, we are being crafted and molded and conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And one of the primary tools that God uses to do that is the Word. The Word of God is truth, and we are sanctified. We are made holy by the Word of God. Finally, in Luke chapter 24, Jesus so, shows us that we need Christ to properly interpret the Scriptures. And again, the importance of the Old Testament. In John 24, after the resurrection and the appearance to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Again, Jesus said, believe in all of it. And not to believe in all the prophets have spoken, it's foolishness. Slow of heart not to believe, because Jesus believed in all the prophets have spoken. He says, Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? The cross, necessary, according to the scriptures. Again, we find salvation. We find the cross and the resurrection and the call of God through repentance and faith. We find that in the Bible. To discredit the Bible is to discredit the pathway to salvation. 
Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. In all the scriptures. To do away with any of it is to do away with that knowledge that leads us to Christ. Again, when he appeared to the disciples, to all of them in verse 44 and following, he says, Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Jesus opened their mind to understand that the Scriptures preach about the need to repent and the need to believe and that Jesus suffered and died and rose again. It is through the lens of Christ that we truly understand and truly interpret, properly interpret everything the Bible has to say. We need the Scriptures, but we need to stay humble and allow the Holy Spirit of God to help us, to illuminate to us the true meaning of the Word of God. We mentioned that yesterday we were out in the yard here at the church working. We found an old sock. And then Howard begins to tell this story. He says, well, once I had a pet snake. And I took a sock and I made a little sweater for the snake. Cut a little hole out in it. He said, but the snake wouldn't stay in the sweater. It had no shoulders. And then Elaine said, really? And everybody started laughing, and she said, well, I'm so gullible. I, you know, somebody gets to talking and, and telling a story, and, and I just assume they're telling the truth. You know, there's a lesson in there. We're not supposed to believe everything we hear. Especially from Howard. <laughs> Especially from Howard. But there is one that we should believe what they say. And that's Jesus, right? Amen. Everything that Jesus had to say is believable and is trustworthy. And therefore, we should believe the same way about the Bible as Jesus does. Because Jesus never steers us the wrong way. Jesus came as the embodiment of truth. And what Jesus has to say about the Bible should be the same thing you and I believe about the Bible. And remember this, the living word affirms the written word. The two things are never in opposition with one another. The living word, Jesus, affirms the written word, Scriptures. And never will Jesus and the Scriptures separate and contradict one another. They are affirmed one to the other. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not his word and not the written word. They are the same. They are the same. So you and I as Christians need to pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word, and to make it a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. We are to hide its words in our hearts so that we will not sin against God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth, 
for the fact you are a God who speaks. You are a God who has revealed yourself through what is written. You, through the work of the Holy Spirit, have inspired men of old to record these words. These words are living and active words because these are your words. If this is your word, it must be true. It must be trustworthy. It must be powerful. It must be authoritative. And Jesus believes those things about the Bible. Father, shame on us for calling ourselves Christians and having a different view of the Bible than Christ Himself has. Jesus revered, respected, believed in the Word. So too must we. Jesus understood that it is your Word that is the bread that we ought to live by every, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not just the parts we like, not just the parts that we feel like we got a good understanding of, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Lord Jesus, thank you for showing us, setting that precedent for us, that the Bible is trustworthy and true. Help us to embrace it the same way. Help us to apply it the same way. When we find ourselves tempted, we find ourselves suffering, may we too find that Your Word is a sufficient source to guide us, to strengthen us, to comfort us, to enable us to carry on and do Your kingdom work. Father, I pray that through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, through the power of your word today, that you have spoken to each and every one of us. Maybe someone here today needs to make that decision. Say, well, the Bible points to Christ, the way of salvation. I need that. I need Jesus. Maybe someone understands that this is where they need to be. I need to be in a church that believes the same thing about the Bible as Jesus did. I need to be in a church that, that preaches the Bible with authority because it is an authoritative word of God. Maybe, Lord, you are leading someone to this church to join this fellowship through baptism, moving their membership. Lord, maybe someone today is being called to the ministry to preach, called to the mission field to carry out the Great Commission. Lord, we open ourselves up to you today. Just pray your will be done in each and every one of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand as we sing this hymn of decision?